What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie The Killer from director David Fincher. Here's a quick synopsis. After a hit goes wrong, an assassin attempts to hunt down the people who hired him. The film stars Michael Fassbender, Charles Parnell, Arliss Howard, and Tilda Swinton. Spotlight performances. Michael Fassbender had a quick rise. He had a role in Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. He then played Magneto in X-Men First. First Class, starred in the film Shame and 12 Years a Slave from Steve McQueen, Prometheus from Ridley Scott, got two Oscar nominations for 12 Years a Slave and Danny Boyle's Steve Jobs, but since his stellar 2015 where he starred in Steve Jobs, Slow West and Macbeth, he's gone through a rough patch with failures like Assassin's Creed and X-Men Dark Phoenix. The Killer is his first film since 2019 and is a clear reminder why he was first thought of so highly. He can carry a movie with the best of them. The killer is a chance for Fassbender to show his humorous side with the crazy dialogue he delivers, which feels similar to the words of Tyler Durden in Fincher's Fight Club. The performance also has a ton of voiceover like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now and Brad Pitt in Ad Astra. This movie feels like the start of the second act of the career of Michael Fassbender. He was so big for so long and now we've kind of forgotten about him, but here he is working with a major director and giving one of the best performances of 2023. If I were going to compare Fassbender's career to another peer of his, it would be Adam Driver. I look at those two and I go, both of them work with major directors while also doing big studio movies. I mean, look at the list of directors Michael Fassbender has worked with. Quentin Tarantino, Steve McQueen, Danny Boyle, now David Fincher. And like what Adam Driver did with Kylo Ren, I feel like Michael Fassbender really elevated the Magneto character. I loved the first two films of the X-Men First Class franchise. Those first two movies are perfection, and I believe Michael Fassbender was the best part of them, along with James McAvoy. I think the real low point for him was Assassin's Creed. I mean, that was a big video game, a popular video game, and people were anticipating that film, and I think we all thought that Michael Fassbender was going to deliver something special, and he didn't. That movie is not memorable, and it's quite bad. It reminded me of when Jake Gyllenhaal did Prince of Persia. Like, I have no idea why that movie star picked that video game to star in a movie based on. Fassbender, interestingly enough, has another movie coming out this week, Taika Waititi's next goal wins a sports comedy. I'm glad Fassbender is back and working with really good filmmakers. He is a movie star. He is one of the best actors working today. In The Killer, Fassbender is surrounded by a very good supporting cast, one of which is Tilda Swinton, and this is her second film with David Fincher after The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and she's in the discussion, in my opinion, for the best supporting actress of all time. People talk about her Oscar winning turn in Michael Clayton, and yeah, that's a great role, but she's also had really good work in smaller roles in Spike Jones's adaptation with Nicolas Cage, Jim Jarmusch's Broken Flowers with Bill Murray, and she's done it twice this year in Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, and now Fincher's The Killer. I won't spoil her appearance, but the back and forth between her and Fassbender is my favorite sequence of the movie. Two movie stars just go 
going at it. Swinton will next star in the movie The End with Michael Shannon and George Mackay. Next, we have Charles Parnell, who has become known for his films with Tom Cruise, Top Gun Maverick, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. He's really becoming a great supporting actor in movies. He's a guy who pops up. He has a really memorable scene with Michael Fassbender in The Killer. He plays a former mentor to his character and kind of a boss figure. And lastly, we have Arliss Howard, who isn't super well-known, but has appeared in a number of well-known movies. Full Metal Jacket, The Sandlot, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. This is his second movie with David Fincher. In Mank, he played studio head Louis B. Mayer and was stellar in that film. He's really good in The Killer. I don't want to reveal his role in the movie, so I'll leave it at that. Let's talk about the man at the helm of The Killer, director David Fincher, one of my all-time favorites. And this movie, to me, is another example of what he's best at. Getting great performances from major movie stars. You have Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman in Seven, Michael Douglas and Sean Penn in The Game, Pitt, Helena Bonham Carter, and Edward Norton in Fight Club, Jodie Foster in Panic Room, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, and Robert Downey Jr. in Zodiac, Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield in The Social Network, Rooney Mara and Daniel Craig in The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Ben Affleck and Rosman Pike in Gone Girl, and Gary Oldman in Mank, and now you can add Fassbender to the list. All of these are great actors, and the majority of them have done their best work, in my opinion, working with David Fincher. He clearly brings out the best in an actor. I was blown away by Mank because I wasn't expecting that great of a performance from Gary Oldman. Yes, he's an all-time great actor, but I believe, and I think most people thought this, that he was past the point of giving those noteworthy performances. A lot of people didn't like the fact that Gary Oldman was nominated for an Oscar. I thought that was a top five Gary Oldman performance, and I was astonished that at that point in his career, David Fincher was able to get that out of him. Because Gary Oldman still stars in a lot of movies, and he's never really been that good recently. And he is so in Mank. I love Jesse Eisenberg and Rosman Pike, but guess what? Their only Oscar nominations have come when they worked with David Fincher. He got the best out of them. Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg is an all-time. And a lot of people like to say that Jesse Eisenberg was at his absolute best because of the Aaron Sorkin dialogue. And I agree with that. Nobody has delivered that Sorkin dialogue as good as Jesse Eisenberg. But I also think you have to give credit to David Fincher because everyone in that movie, The Social Network, they weren't super famous at the time, but those performances really hold up. I mean, Andrew Garfield as well in The Social Network is perfection, in my opinion, and should have received an Oscar nomination as well. And say what you will about Justin Timberlake's acting career, The Social Network is his peak, and it's that for a reason. And that reason is David Fincher. He's someone I want all of my favorite actors to work with. I want Timothy Chalamet in a David Fincher movie. I want Robert Pattinson in a David Fincher movie. I desperately want Denzel Washington in a David Fincher movie. He was almost in Seven. I mean, could you imagine Denzel Washington in that movie along with Morgan Freeman instead of Brad Pitt? I'm not saying it would be as good of a movie, but it would have been interesting. I want Denzel to work with David Fincher. I want Joaquin Phoenix in a David Fincher movie. The best actors should work with David Fincher because he gets the best work out of them. So many, many people are reading into what this movie, The Killer, is all about. And I think this is what I got from it. 
David Fincher is being self-aware. He knows all the talk about his process of making films and having actors do 90 to 100 takes at a time. So he made a movie about a guy who is obsessed with his process as well. That's the thing that he enjoys most about his job, the process. And I believe that's the truth when it comes to David Fincher, that his favorite thing about movie making is the process of making the movie, is the 100 takes. That's what he's there for. I've heard him millions and millions of interviews saying that's what we're there to do to make the movie that's why he does the 90 to 100 takes and you can't deny the success rate all of his movies are very good and some of them are all-time greats I would put seven in that all-time great category social network in that all-time great category fight club no matter how you feel about it is in that all-time great category zodiac was underappreciated at the time but is now in that category, I believe. I mean, look at what those guys have gone on to do post-Zodiac. I think that was a turning point for a lot of them. I think it was a turning point for Downey Jr. I think it was a turning point for Mark Ruffalo. And I absolutely think it was a turning point for Jake Gyllenhaal as a leading man. I like that there are real debates about his movies. I love that the debate about Fight Club is still going on. I love that movie because of the three central performances. That's a top five Brad Pitt to me. That's the number one Edward Norton performance to me. And Helena Bonham Carter has never been as good as she was in Fight Club. The other thing I love about Fincher's filmography is people will debate which of his movies are classics. Like, I personally don't care for The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, but one of his underrated films that I believe is a top five David Fincher movie is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I believe Rooney Mara in that movie gives one of the best performances an actress has ever given on screen. And I'm justified in thinking that because she was nominated for an Oscar. I also believe I love him as James Bond. That's Daniel Craig's best performance is in The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. That movie is the perfect thriller. It's also the perfect studio movie. It's what most studio films should strive to be. And personally, I feel like people underrated because of its low box office performance. I'm talking about the actual quality of the movie. And The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is right up there with his other movies, in my opinion. I mean, my personal four favorite David Fincher movies at this point are Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I would slate that at number four. Fight Club at number three. Seven at number two. And The Social Network has to be the number one David Fincher movie. That movie should have won Best Picture. Every performance in that movie should have won. And I also understand that people are down on David Fincher because of his last movie, Mank. I've already talked about Mank. I thought Gary Oldman was incredible. Amanda Seyfried gives a career best performance in that. Lily Collins was amazing in Mank. I loved Mank. I loved everything about that movie. That might be my fifth favorite David Fincher movie. I haven't really thought about it, but I loved Mank, and I don't understand people who didn't love Mank. I know it's a different kind of David Fincher movie, but I can't see how you can watch that movie and argue the quality of it. That's a man who knows what movie he's making, and I see that same quality in The Killer, and that's what's so great about David Fincher, is he has intention with all of his movies. There is a purpose to his filmmaking. I love thrillers about one main character that showcases a movie 
movie star. I think about The Conversation with Gene Hackman, Phone Booth with Colin Farrell, Locke with Tom Hardy, and more recently, Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield and Kimmy with Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, movies with multiple stars are great, but sometimes all you need is one, and The Killer is the perfect example of that. All you need is a movie that's led by Michael Fassbender. He can carry a film. So I was reading some interviews about The Killer, and David Fincher mentioned that Brad Pitt turned down The Killer back in 2008. Now, that would have been a really interesting movie. Brad Pitt claims that the movie was too dark at the time. It's also the reason why Brad Pitt didn't want to play Michael Fassbender's character in 12 Years a Slave. I just think it's interesting that Brad Pitt turned down two of Michael Fassbender's most noteworthy roles. I do believe starring in one of these kind of movies where you are the sole lead is how you prove you are a major star. Adam Sandler did it with Uncut Gems. He is the one major star in that film. I look at the Safdie Brothers' other movie, Good Times. That's when I knew Robert Pattinson was a movie star, when he came carried a movie like that. Now, I already knew Michael Fassbender was a major star, but this just rekindles that thought. Not every actor is in every scene in a movie. It is a real challenge, and Michael Fassbender was clearly up to that challenge. The Killer features one of the absolute best action fight scenes of the year, and that's saying something because John Wick Chapter 4 came out earlier this year. This will have you wanting Fincher in the future to direct a full-blown action flick. Oscar chances. In my perfect world, Michael Fassbender gets his third Oscar nomination for his performance in The Killer. I have serious doubts that's going to happen. I earlier was comparing his character's dialogue to that of Tyler Durden, one of Brad Pitt's best performances. That performance was ignored by award shows, and I feel like this Fassbender performance will have a similar fate. I also don't think David Fincher has much of a chance to get a director nomination. Look at his directing nominations. They have been for The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons, The Social Network, and Mank, while his work in darker-themed films, Seven, Fight Club, Zodiac, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and Gone Girl were overlooked, especially when you hear the majority of people saying those particular movies are their favorite David Fincher movies. That's jarring to say the least, that a director's arguable best work is getting ignored by the Academy while his lesser films are getting him Oscar nominations except for The Social Network. We all agree he deserved a Best Director win for that film. I also had no problem with him getting nominated for Mank. I'm just saying that most people think he should have been nominated for those other films over movies like The Curious Case of Benjamin Bunn and Mank. And with that idea, I would overall agree with. What I'm seeing with David Fincher's last two movies, Mank and now The Killer, is there's some hostility about them being produced and made by Netflix. Why are you surprised that David Fincher is working with Netflix? He was one of the original that worked for the streaming service. He put them on the map with House of Cards and then worked with them again on Mindhunter. This is the way he wants to make movies. Now, David Fincher has said he's been burned by movie studios. We all know the story about how the studio interfered with his first film, Aliens Free. He doesn't work well with bigger studios. So he's found a home in Netflix that is letting him make the movies he wants to make. I have no problem with it. The same way I had 
no problem with Martin Scorsese making The Irishman with Netflix or Noah Baumbach making Marriage Story with Netflix. I'm all about the actual quality of the movies, and I believe Mank and The Killer feel like David Fincher movies, and that's all I want. I want him to make movies that feel like they're in that grouping of his other films, and he's doing that. As long as the quality is staying the same, I have no problem with him working with Netflix. And I think the real people here who should be getting criticized is not David Fincher for working with Netflix, but the studios for not giving David Fincher everything he wants to make a movie. I mean, look at what the movies he made for studios. Seven was a hit. The Social Network was a hit. Let the man make studio movies for movie theaters. Come on, big time studios. If you're Warner Brothers, throw the money at him. Universal, you say you're all about big time directors. This is an all-timer and he's making movies for a streaming service. You, the studios, are the problem with that. One thing that I find really funny about this situation is every director that every major star wants to work with is now making movies for streaming services. I mean, you have Martin Scorsese, you have David Fincher, you have Adam McKay. When these guys make movies, every single movie star lines up and says, I want to be in that movie. Yet the studios that produce these movies don't want to make them. And that's how Netflix, Apple, Amazon, Hulu, that's how they get these directors. They give them that budget, and then not only do they get these major directors, but they also get these major stars as well. And I know now Apple is making movies for their streaming service and for movie theaters. I wonder if they're going to continue that process with the what looks like a failure of the Killers of the Flower Moon. I mean, I really love that movie but it didn't make a ton of money at the box office and I'm really interested to see how Napoleon fares at the box office that's Ridley Scott that's Joaquin Phoenix that's a movie that back in the 2000s would make a lot of money but who knows because we all know at some point these movies are going to end up on a streaming service in conclusion I have absolutely no problem with David Fincher continuing to work with Netflix as long as he's making movies that are high quality like Mank and the Killer. So earlier I was talking about which stars I want to work with David Fincher. There are also movie stars I want to work with him again and they include Brad Pitt and Rooney Mara. I love their work with David Fincher. They worked with him on multiple films. Mara on The Social Network and The Girl with Dragon Tattoo and Brad Pitt on Seven Fight Club and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Pitt and Fincher desperately need to reconnect. I need a Brad Pitt, David Fincher movie immediately please. The last thing I'll say about The Killer is like most Fincher films it's perfectly cast like I couldn't imagine anyone else in the role but Michael Fassbender. It was a perfect reintroduction to a major star and one that I hope gets an Oscar nomination from this performance. You are not going to see five better performances from an actor than Michael Fassbender in The Killer. It deserves to be in the conversation and I I hope this is a rebirth of his career. I've heard a lot of people ask the question the last few days, is The Killer a top-tier David Fincher movie? I'm not ready to say that yet. Time will tell. I'm sure I'm going to watch this movie over and over again and find new things about it that I love because that's what you get.
get with a David Fincher movie. There is no director better than him. He's right up there with me, with Christopher Nolan as one of the best filmmakers alive. When David Fincher makes a movie, it is appointment viewing. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out the film The Killer. Next week, I'm talking about Alexander Payne's The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti, Dominic Seza, and Divine Joy Randolph. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 